Welcome to Only Today, a Gathering Mana podcast, where Catholic moms can find practical tips, advice, and help that will equip them to live more joyfully in their vocations as mothers and wives. This series is called Pray With Me. Here we will explore what it means to dwell moment by moment with God and keep our hearts near Him amidst the busy work of motherhood. Together we're going to learn how to apply contemplative spirituality to the everyday moments of ordinary life. Let's listen in. Good morning. We are back after about a week's break and we're continuing our series on transforming prayers for Catholic moms. Today we are praying, loosen my attachments and make sin undesirable to me and remove everything from my life that is not of you, God. And we're praying with King David today in Psalm 51 when he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. We've talked for the last two sessions about deception, what it is, and how to place ourselves in his presence through the sacraments and bathing our minds in scripture so that we can both recognize and be delivered from the lies that have kept us from growing in Christ. Today we're going to tackle two prayers together. Lord, loosen my attachments and make sin undesirable to me. And also, remove everything and everyone from my life that is not from you. We'll spend most of our time today on the first prayer, and we'll talk briefly about the last towards the close of this episode. If you've been praying the words, Lord, keep me from deception, with sincerity and expectation in the last couple of weeks, trusting God with your heart, you may have begun to notice some things happening more frequently than they were before. When we pray honest prayers coupled with regular reception of the sacraments, something really beautiful begins to happen. You may be noticing some of your thought patterns a little more. You may be becoming a little more aware of your sin, becoming aware of things in your life that are distracting you from God. You may find yourself recognizing lies that you have believed slowly and gently. These are signs that you're undergoing a change. Although you may not be able to point to any discernible or specific changes or major fruit, there is an interior shift occurring where God is beginning to shuffle through and reorder things inside of you as you give him the freedom to do that. So we're seeing some things that we weren't seeing before, or at least noticing more of our interior beliefs and patterns. And as this happens, we may stumble upon some things in our lives that are very clearly sin patterns, things that we know God wants us to either walk away from, repent of, or give up to him. We're also noticing that we don't want to give these things up and are experiencing a little bit of a pull in the opposite direction here. The doctors of prayer in the church call these things attachments. Uh, attachments are anything that we have attached to as a source, sort of a false sense of nourishment. They give us something we need for the moment, or that we think we need, and so we've hooked ourselves to them in, in order to feed on the reinforcement or the positive feeling that we get from them. These can be ideas, people, habits, thought patterns, beliefs, or practices. Sometimes they involve serious sin and other times they're petty attachments that distract us from God and from placing our full trust in Him. 
Either way, they are false signals, empty spiritual calories that leave us hungrier and emptier than before we engage them. Left unattended, they can become idols in our lives, distracting us completely from God. Dan Burke, in an article about his book, 30 Days with St. Teresa of Avila, describes attachments this way. Attachment is simply a disordered occupation of the heart. Not every movement of the heart is noble, and many ignoble attachments can cause us to betray ourselves and those who are counting on us, especially God himself. Any loving, desiring, or clinging to some person, place, or thing that is not for the glory of God is an attachment. Burke further notes that when our affections are misdirected, we're not as open or vulnerable to the blessings of God, to the blessings that God might otherwise desire to pour out on us. So in wanting to detach from things that distract us, we aren't condemning relationships or connections to people, but rather we're detaching from those things that keep us from giving our whole hearts to God as he is due. Here are some really common petty attachments among women in our target audience. Shopping or fashion, philosophies or politics, gossip or social distraction, including social media, media in general, image obsession, flirtation, and attention from the opposite sex, performance, achievement, or activity, ideas or beliefs about our families, our husbands, and our children, their future, their treatment of us, or anything like that that's dragging us down and keeping us locked in isolation. Within these larger categories, there are smaller, even tiny things that can cause big problems in our relationship with God. Ask God to reveal to you if there are any attachments you have in these or other categories. All attachments have, at their root, deception and believing half-truths and false truths about God in ourselves. Sometimes these deceptions can develop into full-blown sin entanglements. Here are some sin traps and some mental and emotional entanglements that are common to women in our target audience. Physical, emotional, or sexual affairs, pornography use, inappropriate media, slander, eating disorders, image disorders, drug or alcohol addiction or dependence, food addiction or dependence, habits of rage, anger, or irritation, for any of these above serious entanglements, professional help may likely be needed as a part of your goodwill effort, but we'll talk about that in just a bit. Here's the key truth. Regardless of whether or not they involve serious sin, attachments are very serious problems for people who want to grow closer to God. If we are desiring to live a life of prayer, then facing and renouncing these little idols or attachments in our lives and renouncing them at detachment will be an ongoing work. Here's the other key truth. God is the only one who can break these ties. Jacques Philippe offers wonderful insights in his book, Time for God, about these things. In concert with many saints who have written on this subject, he suggests that we do our part through goodwill and purity of intention. And we'll talk about those in detail in just a moment. But there's a primary principle first that we need to establish. You cannot loosen your own sin attachments. 
you can, with your will, renounce sin and walk in another direction. You can, with your will, renounce any petty attachments and reorder things that you aren't making room for them in your heart. You can make a continuous effort of goodwill and purity of intention, but you cannot heal yourself. It is our duty to place ourselves in the presence of God regularly. This allows grace to pour in and move more freely. You need God to do that work in your interior self. It is a team effort if you want to bear lasting fruit, but only God can make those changes that you can put feet to and walk out. In John 15, Jesus is emphatic in reminding us that apart from Him, we can do nothing. Here's why I'm making this distinction. There are those of us whose typical response to a recognition of sin or an attachment is a full-on raid on the soul, if you will, with all guns up. We try to use our own considerable, and I'm using air quotes there, power to heal ourselves, rid ourselves of all sin, and fix every broken part, offering a whole and perfect vessel to God for His use. This is a subtle trap of the enemy. When you try to perform spiritual surgery on yourself, you are doing something you are not qualified to do. Father Michael Gately, in his book, Consoling the Heart of Jesus, has some beautiful words for little souls like us in regards to our attachments. He makes a silly analogy of attachments being like donuts. And I'll read his from his book, Consoling the Heart of Jesus, as he discusses attachments now. Gately says, As we begin focusing on our attachments, it might be helpful to recall something we learned earlier, that if we stay fixed on the goodness and glory of the Lord, we'll automatically and with a certain ease let go of our attachments. In other words, we'll begin to have an attitude of indifference without having to force it. We may still be clinging to our coveted donuts, tightly clasping them to our chests. Now, if the Lord sees us doing this, does he say, well, you better stay away from me until you're ready to let go of those donuts? No, that's the Jansenist Jesus, the one who demands that we be perfect before we go to him. Instead, the real Jesus says no. He pleads, come to me. One might likely reply, but Lord, I'm so attached to this or that. Still, he beckons, come to me. Jesus simply wants us to go to him. When we do go to him, to our surprise, he often tells us, no, you're not ready to let go of those donuts, but please come to me, be with me. So there we are, clutching the donuts with one hand and holding on to the Lord with the other. No, it's not perfect, but that's the way it often goes with us little ones. Let's begin by going to that scene where we're clutching the donuts with one hand and holding on to Jesus with the other. Is the Lord offended? No. Was he indifferent? No. In fact, he was pleased. Jesus is always pleased when we humbly go to him as we are. He says to us sometimes, no, you're not ready to let go of that just yet, but come, don't be afraid. Sit here with me. The Lord is so gentle and wise in leading us. The steps he'll ask us to take toward holiness will be steps that are appropriate to little souls, little steps. Yes, he knows just the right step that prepares us for the next 
and the next, until before we know it, such little steps have brought us much further and higher than we ever expected to climb. One of the ways the Lord makes our progress relatively easy is by beginning to detach our hearts from something well before He asks us of it. He usually does this without our realizing it. One day there's something we thought we could never live without, something that on a bad day we'd be terrified to even mention to Him because we'd be afraid He'd tell us to let go of it. Then, the next day, the day on which He asks us to give it over to Him, we find that we hardly want it anymore. This is one of God's great mercies to little souls who trust in Him. He gently and imperceptibly changes their desires. In case we haven't already given Him this degree of power over our lives, let's give it to Him now. Jesus, behold, I give you my heart. If my desires aren't in harmony with yours, then please change them according to your wisdom and love. Dear Jesus, you know that by myself I'm too weak to change my desires, but you can do it. Jesus, I trust you to do it. Jesus, I thank you in advance for doing it. So you can see that our gentle Jesus will do his good work. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Our response to our attachments should be that of humility and not pride. To rely on Jesus and to say with the psalmist, teach me truth in the heart. In order to put ourselves in the place where Jesus can get to us and loosen those attachments, we simply need to adopt two attitudes of heart. When we're back in the book with Father Philippe, or back in his two books actually, Time for God and Searching for and Maintaining Peace, he says here that there are two things necessary. Purity of intention, which is desiring honestly to seek God and put Him first. And also then there's the aspect of goodwill, being honest with God about our attachments and placing ourselves in His presence regularly so that He can release us from them. This does involve some action on your part because you're making an effort to pray and be in His presence, reading scripture, fortifying your mind, confessing sin, making straight paths for your feet as you're able and cooperating with His grace. So it's not like you're doing nothing, but you are trying your best to um, rely on Jesus and to avoid familiar traps. Even though you realize that you will likely trip and hiccup along the way as the process continues, and when that happens, we make a radical act of faith to trust in the mercy of God as the elevator that will lift us up to God, as St. Therese says. So in light of the excellent counsel we are given here in these two faithful priests and, and authors of our time and the doctors at the church, we have a wonderful place from, from which to rely on the mercy of Christ as we seek to detach from the things that keep us from Him. So maybe we could put some feet to what we've learned to, to pray, or to what we've learned as we pray, Lord, loosen my attachments and make sin undesirable to me. First, we're going to continue to pray that God will keep us from deception. We're going to add to those prayers um, a prayer for Him to reveal any attachments or even idols that you've made in your heart. And then now you'll renounce them with your will, even before He reveals them, as the prayer in Michael Gately's book said. Our third step is that when He does reveal them, we'll confess them and tell Him that we earnestly desire to be free of them. And this is where purity of intention comes in. 
Our fourth step is if you notice uh, that you feel heavy or pressing guilt that pushes you away from prayer, if you feel some fear or discouragement or even despair, renounce those immediately and choose to trust in God's proclaimed and infinite mercy and help for you. Do not give in to any type of anxiety at all. Trust peacefully that as you do your part, God will do His. Go to confession to receive the sacrament of healing. To engage with or dwell with any other fretful emotional response is to abandon trust in His ability and His promise to govern you and heal you. Set aside time to be in His presence in Bible study and prayer, and this is our fifth step. Make a conscious effort and a good will to do so each day. This allows God to access your heart so He can loosen those attachments often without you even knowing it, and cause them to be less desirable to you. Think about some concrete ways that you can make straight paths for your feet, maybe avoiding certain situations, people, or temptations. That's number six. And number seven, daily rely on mercy and on the work of Jesus in your soul and not on your own power. And this last one is where we get to the second half of our prayers today. We're asking God to remove anyone from your life that does not need to be there. There have been many times in my life where I was around people or within the influence of people I knew were dragging me down spiritually. I had no idea how to twist myself away from that situation. And in each instance, there was a point where I got desperate enough to ask God to remove them. Every single time and in his own way he did sometimes I had to distance myself or take some concrete steps but other times he completely did that in his own various and fascinating ways sometimes someone would take a new job or move away or the connection would just slowly fizzle out I saw him do this on multiple times in my life and I have been so grateful for his daddy heart in this matter as I see him work and do things like this, my trust soars and I learn to trust him more. This is what he wants for you. Give him a chance to show up in your life and to build trust with you. Trust that he will do it in his own way, in his own time, and he will give you the grace to obey him should action need to be taken on your part. In our ninth step, meet with God each week for a direction meeting to again renounce any of those attachments and to renew your commitment to that, your goodwill and your purity of intention. Ask for his presence to guide you and help you to see what he wants you to see. Confession is a great time and place to do that. Fridays are great times to do that in general as they are days of penance and we have some resources on our Facebook page in the notes section that could help you with that. And it's at this juncture that I wanna make note of a few resources to aid you in your process. Our summer course, Paradise Found, The Soul of Woman in the Hands of Her God, is deeply discounted this week in relation to this podcast. This is a beautiful course about transformation and growing closer to the Lord by facing the things that keep you from Him. You can find a link on our page for that as well, and we are registering now for that course, and it begins in June. 
on our page, we have also a seven day mini email course. It's totally free and it's called the Romans 12 Challenge. These emails talk about how we can renew our minds through God's word and begin to confront some of the false beliefs that lead to attachments, idol worship, and even sin entanglements. You can find the link on the Facebook page to sign up for this little seven day mini course, or you can email me at gatheringmanaformoms at gmail.com and I'll get you signed up. I hope that this has been helpful for you today as you seek God with purity of intention, asking Him to keep you from deception, to loosen the attachments in your heart, and to remove anyone from your life that He does not want to be there. We are all little souls, but the love and the mercy of Jesus is the elevator that will lift us up to God. God bless you, my dear friends. And please know, my prayer is for you to find joy today in the little things. And until we meet again, seek Him moment by moment, because He is always seeking you.